Thanks, Lord, for this morning, for an opportunity to be together as brothers and sisters in Christ. While we come from families that are all diverse and different, we, we are all members of the flock of the Good Shepherd, the family of God. And so today, we, we just kind of walk through some of the feelings of life, and knowing that life shapes us for life. So we think a little bit about that and meditate on John chapter 10. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Thanks for people like the Learmans who've made this church the church it is for a lot of years. Pray that uh, uh, Vern would, would, would be able to uh, just be his cool, calm self and that the daughter and son-in-law would be okay and most notably that Joan would bounce right back. Uh, thank you for uh, their gifts of music and kindness and teaching for a lot of years helps make this place the place it is today. So focus us on your word. Grant your speaker today, Lord, uh, me a little bit of focus. And and I just pray that you do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, Feelings have a way of coming around. There's things that spawn the the feelings. And when you've had a feeling once, there's something that maybe is similar to where you were that it, you go right back to that feeling again. You're like, wait a minute, I felt that five years ago when thus and such happened. And I don't know if you were in orange yesterday. I assume a number of you were, but there was a B-17. I think it's General Lyons B-17 was flying over orange. And a B-17 is a World War II bomber. And it has a very distinctive sound to it. And it was just hanging over our, over our campus. And I, I looked at my wife and I said, I, I hope it doesn't crash because that thing is the most incredible airplane there is, except for the B-24 Liberator that Dr. Lyon has down there too. But there's something about that airplane that evokes very strong memories. And whether it's me or a person who flew in that or serviced that airplane or whatnot, a person like that would be in their 90s today. And, at, at, I mean, and they would have been 18 or 19 when they serviced that airplane or went up in it, maybe as a, as a waste gunner or a ball turret gunner. And, and that feeling took me back. It took me back to the air show in Palm Springs about 15 years ago. And they brought on an F4U Corsair, which was an unbelievable airplane. And the Corsair, the way the the engine was, it was so much more powerful than the Japanese aircraft, the Mitsubishi Zero and the Cates and Bows and those things. But the the way the wind came under the wings of the Corsair, when it came across us four times, you could hear it go whoosh. And it went on a bombing run, a strafing run, and it went on a reconnaissance run, and then it turned around and did one more pass, and then the gentleman landed it and, and I looked next door, just this gentleman was standing next to me, and he probably at that point was 83, 84, looked like he was 60, and he was weeping. And there was just a moment where I looked around, and the whole crew of about 300 of us were just standing there crying. Why? I don't know. But that feeling comes back every time I see one of those warbirds or go into that museum. When I think about Mother's Day, those feelings come back of mom and grandma and and my own wife and and how life kind of fits us and gets us going for life. When I look at that window, um, it it, it evokes strong emotions within me. Um, It 
takes me back, it moves me forward. It gives me a sense of faith and rootedness. It gives me a sense of hope going forward. Some of those feelings just don't go away. And Mother's Day has a way of doing that as you reflect on family, where you came from and where you are today. For some, family is a warm, joyful place. It's a place where when you think of it, you think of Christmases and Thanksgivings and holidays and vacations and all those things. And it's just fantastic. And you sit and cry and then we sing the 23rd Psalm and we cry and, you know, uh, but, but for some, feelings of family are different than that. Home wasn't safe or home wasn't emotionally engaging. And you say, all this Mother's Day gobbledygook is great. We'll take mom for lunch. But for me, in my heart, there's something missing. So you can talk about it all you want. But as you talk about it, I'm going to struggle. Because it takes me back to where I grew up that wasn't so happy. And I acknowledge that. I understand that. And so today, to be able to talk about the Good Shepherd and moms in the same moment, the feelings are so powerful. People say, I know that I'm loved. Well, you don't get to heaven and God says, here's the quiz. Do you know your love? Check one for yes, two for no. Because knowing you're loved is different than loving or being loved. It's less of an intellectual exercise and more of an exercise of the heart and the soul. And maybe that's why feelings can be so powerful. And maybe that's why feelings are, are triggered when we come to church. Maybe, maybe that's how it works, that, that you, you, you come in here and, and maybe you come every Sunday. Maybe you come with your mom. Maybe you come at Christmas and Easter. I'm just glad you come and that you came today. But maybe it's something you grew up with that's in here. Maybe it's a hymn, a prayer, a scripture reading, a window, a choral piece, Mitchell singing. But there's something that reaches deep into our soul and triggers those feelings of God's amazing love for us in Jesus Christ. And it's that that gathers us together. It's that which we hold in common. It's that which makes us who we are as lambs of the Good Shepherd, as people who are deeply and dearly loved of God. When you're the young pastor doing the liturgy and leading the service for the old guy, you, you, you look at this window. And for six or seven years as the young guy who wasn't the senior pastor, I looked at that window and I'm reminded of the mission in that window of what we have to do. Let's go. There's the woman at the well. Let's go get out there and love and care for people. But now as the old guy, that picture evokes incredible emotion for me. Sometimes I'll come in, I'll sit here, and I'll look at that, and I'll just pray. I'm lost, I'm confused, I feel estranged, broken, right there. And right there. It's kind of the way feelings work. I'm reminded that the feelings that we have and the way we live our lives, the way we're wired by God is a, a, not a haphazard thing. God has wired us all in different ways. But yet he uses the, the pieces of life to shape life for us going forward into the future. I preached on that a while ago. And uh, this is just a cool little sign that was made for me uh, a lady named Lisa Williams made this for me. And uh, she gave it to me after a particularly poignant message. And uh, it says, life shapes for life. I believe that with all my heart. 
for all the things I believe and all the things I know, I think that where you've been in the past shapes you for where you're going into the future. I hang this in my office and I see it every time I go out of my doorway. That the things that I've done and the feelings and the experiences I carry in my heart are also those feelings and experiences that I drag into interactions with people. Life shapes for life. Where you've been helps decide and determine where you're going and how you're going to respond to the things that are out there for you and with you. And our families of origin shaped us, made us who we are today, good, bad, or indifferent, through the easy things and the difficult things, through the painful pieces of life, through the beautiful pieces of life, we've been shaped and prepared for what is to come. And on Mother's Day, I think about that. And I think about that in terms of my own mom. And uh, how mom and our family shaped us for life. For many, your mom's voice was, uh, it, it called you out. Your, your, your mom, you could be playing on the playground. There'd be 8,000 people around. And you would hear, Timothy. It's my mom's voice. It's time to go. Or, or like my mom would do, it's five-minute warning. You have a five-minute warning. Seemed like 30 seconds or 25 minutes, right? You never know. There were points where you could hear your parents' voice and you're playing football. And I played on an outside linebacker on the far side of the field. And I could unmistakably hear my father yell, Timothy, come in and wrap him up and hit him hard. Like, what the heck? Right? That's what shapes us for life. That unmistakable voice of mom and dad. The faces in the crowd that would be like a tractor beam leading us back to our mom. Mom's voice would say your name and encourage you. And mom's voice would say your name and somehow you knew you were going to be okay. My friend tells the story of growing up in southern Illinois, rural southern Illinois. And he never had a dad. But his mother, when he was three and four years old, put him on her lap and read the funny pages to her, to him. And he learned to read by the time he was in first grade, which gave him an incredible head start and made him an extremely successful businessman. And this morning when I told that story, this tough old guy began to cry. He said, Pastor, you've got to give me some warning when you tell a story about my life. It's my life. And I said, well, you know, you told everybody else, so... And that warmth and the beauty of that is something cool. I remember, too, being able to hear my mom's voice clearly when she would say, Timothy Mark. <laughs> and you knew that something was coming that was a little more uh, encouraging on the sharp side than on the soft side. <laughs> you stop teasing your sister and get outside and do your chores right now. But those voices and on that continuum, those voices shape us for the future and shape us in our lives. And this morning we get to give thanks and remember and feel those feelings. Whether those feelings are good or bad, doesn't matter. We get to release some of them and enjoy some of them together. And some of those feelings are just absolutely indelible and they cycle and circle around throughout our lives. And I love that that's the way God made us. Anyone who doesn't hold on to the fact that you've been created in the image of God has got to struggle with feelings because feelings are not necessarily so scientific. 
Today in our text, we hear another voice as well, a voice that's probably very familiar to you if we go into John 10. I've preached so many funeral sermons on John 10. We, we do this sermon, son, we do this every year with Good Shepherd Sunday, and, and, and we, we love those pieces. How about this? You fill in the blank. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. Right? That's not just a part of your intellect. That's a part of your soul. That's a part of who you are and what you're all about. Jesus said, I am the good See, these are pieces of our heart and our soul. When Jesus says, I am, he's, he's kind of peeling the onion back. He's saying, this is what I'm all about. He's saying, here's who I really am. You want to know what I am? I am the way, the truth, and the life. You want to know what I really am? I'm the resurrection and the life. You want to know what I really am? I am the vine and you are the branches. You want to know what I really am? I am the bread of life. You really want to know who I am? Before Abraham was, I am. You really want to know what I am all about and what my character is all about? I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus is telling his hearers that day, those who know the voice of the good shepherd, that they are dearly and deeply and indelibly loved. And it doesn't matter the family of origin that you came from. It doesn't matter how together or how fractured your family is. It doesn't matter how obedient or disobedient you or your kids are. It doesn't matter where you've been and how it worked for you. It doesn't matter if you wanted to give it up and say, I'm walking away. What matters is that that good shepherd loves you. I know my sheep. Some of us play over and over in our mind's eye those feelings of judgment and anxiety because we've heard voices of judgment and anxiety. Sometimes those words are words that are painful and we come back and and mull over those words. But over those words today, Jesus says, I love you. He doesn't say if then. If you are obedient, then I will love you. If you are faithful, then I will love you. If you are devout, then I will love you. Jesus says, I know you and you know me. I lay down my life for you. I love you. He lays down his life for the sheep. And he speaks very clearly of that love for us. You are deeply, dearly, forever loved of God. Some of us hear the voices that say you can't possibly be loved because you're so broken. Some of us say you haven't got your life right, you haven't got your family right, how could you possibly be loved? Some say in the bottom of my soul from where I came from there's something empty. I'm not sure if I am loved. And Jesus says, you are safe You are close, I love you, and nothing will ever separate me from you. It's that love that we hold on to every single moment of our lives. I grew up in a family that was kind of loud. 
I'm loud, my brother's loud, my little sister not so loud she couldn't get a word in edgeways, my dad was loud, my mom was loud. Some of that loudness was really good, affirming, cheering, laughing. Some of that loudness was kind of scary, it got a little loud. My father had a big deep voice, Andrew, Timothy, and your heart just stopped. Ugh! My father was a pastor, so you never knew when he was going to show up or where he was going to show up. Not like he was Jesus popping through walls, but you know, it kind of felt like that sometimes. And, and I'd be teasing my sister, and what I hadn't known is that my mom had ratted us out to my dad. And my dad would come home and he'd say, Andrew, Timothy, uh, uh. I just want to die. So I grew up believing that God was really kind of loud and angry. That God was a big guy on a white cloud and his job was to make you obey and in doing so he would yell and scream or beat you or do whatever he had to do to make you so that your life conformed to what he wanted you to do. And I don't believe that anymore. I, I, I don't believe that at all. And I'm not sure if it's the culture of this church. I'm not sure if it's the nature of being 55 instead of 35. I'm, I'm not sure if it's just growing up in a, in, in, in a different way. But I believe the voice of Jesus is the voice of love, the voice of kindness, the voice of softness, the voice of release and forgiveness, and above all, the voice of peace. Sometimes when I hear the voice of God speak to me in my mind's eye through his word, that voice sounds a lot like my mom. I love my mom. My mom will say things like, you know, you're doing a great job and I'm very proud of you. And I hear the voice of Jesus in that. My mom will say, it's my job to keep you humble. <laughs> and I hear the voice of Jesus in that. My mom will say, you know, you're a good dad and a good husband. I hear the voice of Jesus in that. My mom will say, you need to go mellow on your words, Tim. You're, you're kind of sharp. Are you angry? I hear Jesus' voice in that. And I think for many of us, the voice of our moms is the voice of Jesus. The voice of being loved and the voice of being cherished and the voice of being admonished in love. The voice of forgiveness. The voice of safety. The voice of peace. Do you know that you're loved? Yeah. But the quiz isn't one of intellect and knowing stuff. The marvelous piece of being loved is being close to those who you love and are loved by you. And this morning we get to celebrate that closeness with our mothers and in our families. And this morning we get the affirmation of God on his love for us. A voice that says, I know you and you know me. And it's heart to heart and life to life. And nothing, nothing will take you out of my hand. 
Would you please join me for a word of prayer? Thanks for this morning, Lord Jesus, for this beautiful place, for the memories that fill this place. I look out and I see students that have been baptized and marriages performed. And I'm reminded that as uh, life shapes us for life, there are the challenges that are ahead. So I pray this morning for those moms who are kind of doing their own thing. They're on their own today. I pray you grant them a sense of deep and rich satisfaction and that your presence your love would, would affirm them in their hearts and grant them this marvelous, deep-seated sense of peace. Pray for families that are in turmoil, where it's just not the way that they thought it would be after so many years. I pray that you'd turn people toward one another, wherever the conflict is, that you'd turn them toward one another in grace and that that soothing voice of the Good Shepherd would say, it's okay, it's safe push forward. I pray for those families that are all glued together in a beautiful way, but still with their stuff, Lord. Every family's got their stuff, but, but grant them a sense of thanksgiving and gratitude and steal them for those challenges that they'll go through in the different transitions of life. Grant us that marvelous sense of your love for us in Jesus. This church is not a museum piece where we close the door and Sunday and then open it next Sunday, Lord, a living, breathing sanctuary of your presence. So we thank you for the beauty of this place, for what's gone on in here and what will go on in here. For a woman at a well, for the ladies at the tomb, for Jesus praying in the garden, and for our good shepherd. Thank you for feelings and for what they drive us to how they warm our spirit. In Jesus' name.